how in the world is this running back room going to shake out in 2023? Plus, why 2025 recruiting could be huge on the quarterback front. Hey, you are no locked on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota uh, Golden out, Gophers. Whatever turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Lockdown Golden Gophers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name's Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, especially as we hit the end of July. We've got about two more weeks where we're doing the off-season breakdowns, where we're doing about three shows a week, but after that, we're back at it Monday through Friday, giving you that daily Gophers content. And if you didn't know, we literally talk gophers each and every day. So if that sounds intriguing to you, be sure to hit subscribe over on YouTube. Follow wherever you get the podcast at Locked On Golden Gophers. And today we are talking about some great topics. First, we're going to talk about that running back room because there's so many talented backs, especially in the youth area. How is it going to shake out in the 2023 season? Then I want to move over to 2025 recruiting. Now, that might sound like a ways off, but 2024 class is basically shaped out for the Gophers. They're focusing on holding those commitments, but 2025 could be a big focus for the quarterback. And then finally, we're going to talk about the current quarterback, Ethan Calic Manis, and his outlook for 2023. Sit back, relax, let's enjoy some Gophers talk and kicking it off with the running backs. Now, running back rooms, you know, we just lost Mo Ibrahim, we lost Trey Pots to the portal as well. There's a lot of new faces in this running back room, but a lot of outside folks, media in the outside, national media and whatnot, will probably be like, oh, the Gophers running back room? I'd be concerned. They lost an All-American. Mo Ibrahim was that offense. They're going to fall apart now. And that's probably why a lot of folks are scared off by the schedule for the Gophers because they're like, well, Mo was the offense and Mo's gone. John Michael Schmitz held it together and John Michael Schmitz is gone. And Tanner Morgan was a, a staple of that offense for years. That's what the outside world sees. But deep down, if you have been on the grind with Gophers football over the years, you know the talent that is behind them and you know how intriguing and promising it really is. So we're taking a look at the running back. I'm not too worried. Now, yes, we don't have a guy that's going to be like Mo that is going to have 300 touches or maybe even 228 touches. Nothing in that range like Mo at this upcoming season. I would be shocked if a running back in this running back room Broke 220 carries this season. I think you're going to see a little bit more rotation. Now, the more I see the talents in this room, the more I want to believe we will have a committee approach because we have the different players that have different skill sets. You've got Sean Tyler, who is more of a breakaway guy. He's a smaller back, uh, but overall, he is very fast, very efficient. And he has the home run hitting ability. We saw that in the Mac where he cracked 1,000 yards in back-to-back -back seasons. Then you've got Zach Evans, who has shown flashes in back-to-back -back spring games for the Gophers. Has been such a focal point in the spring games. Had an injury at the beginning of his true freshman year, which kind of held him back from potentially getting any early opportunities. Now, he did get some cleanup work in the Northwestern game. He showed a flash of brilliance. He showed that second gear. Scored in that game with on six touches total, had about 30 yards, and 
the the flashes are all there. You saw it in the spring, a 75-yard touchdown where he put Coleman Bryson on skates. The running back room has a lot of talent in those two, but it's not just those two. You've got the steady staple type back in Bryce Williams who can do it all and does what he's asked. He can catch the ball. He can run the ball. He can block. He'll do what the team asks him to do. And then you've got the four-star, the highest recruit of the 2023 class in Darius Taylor, the prize recruit from Michigan that fended off Michigan, Michigan State, Wisconsin, and so many other schools to stay committed to the Gophers, officially signing on the dotted line and coming to the early enrollee practices. Now, to be honest, Darius Taylor is a dog. He's a grinder, and he is a north-south runner. He does not fray from the contact. He will put his shoulder down and punish folks. He showed that in the spring game, in the in the glimpses that we got to see, and it was very, very intriguing. But overall, I believe that the Gophers could use these running backs situationally and strictly based on game plan, trying to expose the weaknesses of the opposing defenses. And knowing the Big Ten, there are always some top-notch defenses in this league, in this conference, because we typically have four or so teams that are in the top 10 in the nation when it comes to best defenses, maybe top 15, top 10 might be a stretch, but regardless, top 15 of 131 schools, and you've got four of the best defenses in that top 15 on a regular basis, that is a concern. So knowing the different play styles, knowing a guy who can break it off and break one away, knowing a guy who can make someone miss and knowing a guy who runs through the contact is all in that running back room is very intriguing. But Taking it a step back, I didn't think too much about what has been the offense and the mantra under Coach Fleck in his years as a head coach. So I went back through Western Michigan times. I went back through all of the Minnesota years. And in his 10 years as a head, head coach, Coach Fleck has only had one season of the 10 in which three or more running backs had over 100 carries. And the only reason that happened was due to injuries. It was the 2021 season for the Gophers where Mo went down in the first game. Trey Potts went down in like four games later. Bryce Williams went down like a game later. And then you were playing two true freshman running backs along with having 100 touches um, with another running back who went down to injury eventually. Now, that is a whole lot, a whole lot of up in the air Things that you can't necessarily predict with those crazy rampage of injuries. But if you look at all of his other time as a head coach, he had a year where 2013, 151 attempts, 150 attempts were the top two running backs. The next one had 22 attempts. 2014, he had one running back with 306 attempts. Then the next two were 69 and 19. 2015, he had 162 attempts with one back, 153 with another, and 77 for the third back. Now that 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 one right there, think of 2015. That is what I maybe would expect more of from the Gophers in this 2023 season. But then you move on to his time with Minnesota, 2017, 229 attempts for RB1, 94 and 79 for the next two backs. 2018, 202 for RB1, 117 for RB2, 25 for RB3. 2019, 228 Eight attempts, RB1, 114 attempts, RB2, 73 attempts, 
RB3. Again, that is more of the stereotypical what I picture will happen for the Gophers in 2023. But then we know the trend goes on where Mo absolutely takes over and runs rampant for the Gophers. So what this tells me is maybe I overestimated how big of a split we will see in the 2023 season. Now, I believe Bryce Williams will be involved in some capacity in his final year of eligibility, but it may be more as a fill-in running back and basically a type that does as he is asked or what is asked of him, asked to step up whenever he can, and being more in that 50-carry range. I think that is most likely the most probable outcome for Bryce Williams as a spell and receiving running back. So that's not a whole lot of carries to worry about, but then it comes... The questions come from there because Sean Tyler is going to get touches. He may not be a 30 attempt running back like we saw from Mo Ibrahim. That's just not his game. His body isn't built for something like that. But even at like 15 attempts a game, that puts you, if you got 15 attempts in 12 games, that's 180 touches total. Now, I believe that is a realistic outcome for Sean Tyler, but I would maybe pencil him even a little bit lower than that, more towards the 150 range as a true complimentary running back in this room and maybe an RB2 for this Gophers offense. But who will be the RB1, in my opinion, then? That leaves us to running backs like Zach Evans, like Darius Taylor. I do think even Jordan Newbin could get in the conversation for some touches. Maybe not as the RB1, but some touches in this offense. But And then you have Marquise Williams, who is a freshman heading into this class as well. I think he will most likely redshirt in this year if I had to take a shot in the dark at that one. So you're talking about Zach Evans, Darius Taylor, maybe even Jordan Newbin getting some touches. Now, Evans will be involved. This is my pick, hands down, that will be the lead back in this Gophers room. I think he'll have the most attempts when it's all said and done. Yes, Sean Tyler and Bryce Williams might be involved a lot more in the early games as they get their feel, the young guys. But I think by the end of this year, probably by game four or five, Zach Evans will have taken over as the lead back in this room. Not to say that he's going to out-carry Sean Tyler by a ton of carries, but I think he will edge him out when it's all said and done. He's had two springs where he looks great. He shows he can catch the ball. He's got a ton of upside. The second gear and the acceleration is a home running home run hitting ability as well. He's a threat, and I have full confidence that he is going to be one of the next gopher great running backs. He's got uh, great outlooks from Mo, from the former running back coach and Kenny Burns, and he will be one of the two leading running backs in this room, in my opinion, barring health. So the real question comes in with Darius Taylor. Now, he is more than talented enough to step in year one, and I have full confidence in that. But if there aren't at least 100 attempts towards him in that true freshman year, is it worth burning a red shirt for? That is the real question. And upon my reevaluation, I think there are two really likely scenarios for this thing to break out or shake out. So we're going to talk about 400 attempts on the year, 400 running back attempts, how that could break out two different scenarios. I see number one, Darius Taylor plays as a true freshman. In that case, I think you see Zach Evans with as a running back one with about 150 carries total. Sean Tyler as the running back two with about 130 carries total. And then Darius Taylor in different game plans and different opportunities and red zone work is that punishing back that can push us into the end zone. He comes in as the RB three with a hundred carries. So that's three backs with over a hundred. That's kind of sort of that similar split, maybe even more compact and more condensed than those two years I had mentioned. 
But having those three breaking 100 carries each and then Bryce Williams with 20 carries, getting some spell work, getting some uh, backfield work in the passing game, I think that's one option, the Darius Taylor play scenario. The other scenario is Darius Taylor takes a red shirt. In that case, I think you see Zach Evans closer towards that 200, maybe in the 175 to 180 attempts. You've got Sean Tyler around that 150 attempts, like I was saying, then Bryce Williams around 50 attempts, and Jordan Newbin with some cleanup work in 25 attempts. Now, I think that is a very likely scenario. In fact, if I had to call my shot, I would likely lean scenario two is the most likely with then Zach Evans and Darius Taylor taking over the show in 2024. Now, if I'm way off base, I am sure y'all will let me know below in the comments. But in the meantime, the 2024 class seems to have taken shape. And as Minnesota prepares to hold on to those commitments, we're going to talk about why quarterback could be the focus in 2025. And that is coming up next. First, a word to you from our friends over at FanDuel. Now, now is time to take a swing on some MLB betting over at FanDuel.com slash locked on. While you're there, you can get up to 10 times your money in bonus bets of up to $200. So that means you put $20 down, you're going to get $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Tonight, the Twins are taking on the Baltimore Orioles, and they are favored by one and a half. If you like those odds, head on over to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Take advantage of that no sweat or that, that bonus bets. And on top of that, the app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. So definitely head on over that way. FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get started today. Now, Gophers fans, thank you so much for listening to Locked On Golden Gophers and making this your first listen when it comes to Gophers Daily Sports. We're talking about the quarterback position in 2025. Now, next week, we're going to talk about hockey. Now, for the everydayers out there, you know this is the state of hockey, and this hockey program has been on fire, but Logan Cooley had come up in the news over this last weekend or this last week, and there was a little caveat in there. Could we still be concerned that maybe he doesn't come back next year? We're going to talk about that with Dylan Lauchs next week. So tune in every day and become an everydayer of the show and be sure to follow. But let's talk about the quarterbacks and why it could be a major year for quarterback in recruiting in 2025. Now, 2025 will be Ethan Kaliak Manis' last year of eligibility. At that point, Cole Kramer will no longer be on this roster. Uh, the only quarterbacks with any time in the program will be Drew Viotto and Drake Lindsey. Either of those guys could step up and maybe be an upperclassman starter in 2026 after Ethan Kalik Manis finishes his final year of eligibility. But we know that Coach Fleck and the Gophers in general surely want a future prospect in the waiting, waiting in the wings, ready to develop, similar to what just happened with Ethan as Tanner was going through his final year or two. So I think that Coach Fleck loves to build with his quarterback long-term and have them really grow and develop, maybe have a year where they're picking the brains, getting the questions out, seeing how the vets study the film, seeing how the vets do it, and then ramping up into the ability to maybe start as a redshirt freshman. That seems to be the preference when it comes to Coach Fleck. But overall, Coach Fleck had Zach Terrell with um, Zach Terrell, started all four years with Coach Fleck at Western Michigan. In fact, he only had one year in year one 
at Western Michigan where we saw someone not named Terrell start a single game in that four-year time with Western Michigan. Now, Coach Flex time with Minnesota has been similar but different. Year one, we had a filler QB year where both Connor Rhoda and Demery Croft both had some playing time, both started some games, both didn't play the greatest. Then you go to year two where we had a freshman battle. Freshman Zach Anikstead, the walk-on, ended up starting from the jump, kicking it off, then got hurt. Tanner Morgan stepped in, and there was no looking back from there. Tanner Morgan went on to start all of the games from 2019 through 2021, and that was the plan in 2022 as well prior to the injuries. Now, 2023 through 25, it looks like that will be the plan for Ethan to be the guy at the helm and kind of have all of that barring injuries again. But 2026 is more li- more than likely going to be a battle of Vioto and Lindsay barring a major quarterback commitment in 2025. So that's why I said maybe we are going to focus on 2025 and the quarterback class in that one. You've already seen some offers go out. We'll definitely keep you posted on some of those as we learn more info. But 2025 seems to be the class that you could take a quarterback with some high-level upside that maybe plays a similar play style to Ethan Kalik Manis to know that you have someone who can study with him, who can learn underneath him, and really put things together. Now. That said, none of the quarterbacks on this current roster, Drew Vioto, Drake Lindsay, even Cole Kramer, but maybe Kramer's a little more towards it, has the same skill set or play style as Ethan Kalikmanis, the ability to get on the run. Now, like I said, Kramer maybe he can, but the other two, it's not as similar. It's not as t- it's not as atypical or matching in their skill sets. So Vioto actually reminds me a lot more of Tanner Morgan. He is very cerebral quarterback, can see things, understands things, picks things up quickly. He's a pocket passer and he can move if needed. But overall, a smart player who really focuses on making the right decisions and understanding the offense. Now, I know Drake Lindsay, I don't know too much information about him, but I do know he has some massive promise when it comes to the size, the height, the big arm that he has at six foot five, 220 pounds with a massive arm. That said, no other Power 5 programs have offered him, so it somewhat makes you wonder why that is. What is holding them back? But then again, no Power 5 programs offered Josh Allen either, so I wouldn't invest too much concern into that. Overall, the future at quarterback will be very interesting as always, but right now I'm just looking forward to the promise of Ethan Kaliak Manis and what could be. And speaking of Ethan Kaliak Manis and his future with the Gophers program, 2023 will be a major year for him. So let's dive into all things relating to Ethan Kaliak Manis in 2023. Maybe things we need to see develop still, strengths he brings, and so much more coming up next to close the show. All right, Gophers fans, it's time to talk about the Greek gunslinger. I like to call him the magic eight ball as he rocks the number eight, but he finds a way to make things happen. He's got here just to to separate him from Tanner Morgan. Tanner Morgan, like I said, very cerebral, very uh, knows the game figures out and has an understanding, makes sure he knows every nook and cranny of the film that he is watching. The difference between Ethan Kalikmanis and Tanner Morgan personality-wise, though, I see Tanner as more of a calm, quiet confidence, more of a I'm going to let my play kind of back me up on the field, but I will always be there for my guys. 
Ethan Kalik, man, is, it seems like he has a little bit more swagger to him. He carries himself. He knows he's that guy. He knows he has that talent. And he wants to be able to play with that, show the love of the game, the fun of the game. But also, when it's time to work, when it's time to grind, he's the first one at the front of the line ready to go and take one for his team, ready to go out there and put himself on the line to be able to win one for his brothers. So they both have the camaraderie with their teammates. They both have a different approach to leadership and what it means. But I feel like Ethan just carries more swagger about him. He he wants to have fun with it as well. He wants to show I'm that guy, but also show his team, we can do this. We are we are them. I mean, usually you say I am him, but you get where I'm going with this one. So when it comes to Ethan Kalik Manis, I'm excited by that swagger. I'm excited by a different approach at the quarterback position. And the strengths he brings, we say him time and time again here on the show, is the arm strength. It is the multiple arm angles and being able to throw on the run and on the go. He has that God-given ability to just make special things happen. I remember the first practice last fall that I was able to attend. Well, it wasn't the first practice I was able to attend, but the first practice where I walked away watching Ethan Kalik Manis and I was like, that kid is going to be special. They were practicing in Huntington Bank Stadium. They were going towards uh, the scoreboard side and they're in a red zone practice, red zone drills. And it was a full team practice. Like it was a, a ones on ones team period type practice. And Ethan Kalik Manis dropped a dime into the bread basket of Brevin Spanford on the back end zone end line, end line so he can keep his foot in, caught the ball between over the top. The ball dropped in over the top of the safety. The cornerback was coming in from the side. Brevin catches the ball in the bread basket, gets his feet down, and then hits the ground. Touchdown. And I was like, what did I just see? Like, what? who is this guy? Why haven't I been seeing more of this guy? I'm excited for this guy. That is what, what is at hand for the Gophers. That is the potential that is there with Ethan Kalik Manis. And a lot of outside voices aren't going to see that. They probably won't believe it until they see it. To be honest, they'll hear all these things and they'll see Ethan Kalik Manis rated by Gophers media as maybe uh, number six, number seven in the Big Ten, maybe even number five in the Big Ten when it comes to quarterbacks. And people are going to be like, what are you talking about? This kid had three touchdowns, four interceptions in last year, didn't even have a thousand yards. And they're looking at it the wrong way because they're not seeing that he wasn't asked to pass. He wasn't let to pass the ball when it came to the Penn State game, when it came to his early starts, when it came to the Iowa game. He started out hot in the Iowa game. Then they just absolutely abandoned the pass game, ran the ball to Mo. Mo had an absolute field day. But then when they were forced into a passing situation, it cost them the game later because they had been away from it for almost two full quarters of not passing the ball. But then they let that boy go. They let the reins go. They said, look, this is you. We're building around you. And in Wisconsin and even the brief beginning of Syracuse prior to the injury, Ethan was balling. He was slinging the rock. He was all over the field. He was using his legs. You saw that and it excited you. The future was there. And that is what I think we will see a lot more of in this upcoming season. But there are still going to be some, some learning curves. There's going to be some turnovers in this upcoming season because he's still learning. Like, even though he started five and a half games last year, only two of those games were, well, basically one and a half because he got hurt in the bowl game. One and a half of those games were really, hey, Ethan, we trust you. Go be you. Go lead this team. 
One and a half games last year. That is what his true experience of being the quarterback one is so far. So now he's got a full season, but that full season is against an Iowa, against a North Carolina, against a Michigan, an Ohio State, uh, Wisconsin, uh, Nebraska that's revamped. It's going to be tough. There are going to be mistakes along the way because he is still a young quarterback, but it's how quickly he can recover from those mistakes that is going to be the number one thing at hand. So what we need to see with him in his development still is getting through his reads quicker, understanding in those reads when he needs to make more time for himself and when he needs to bail out and knowing that you just want to live for another down. You don't have to take the home run or take a turnover-worthy play, a shot, because it's third and long. If you need to live another down and let the team punt and put your defense that's been a top-10 defense the past two years onto the field, that is A-okay. But also knowing there are going to be times where we need that breadbasket throw and other times where it's like you have the talent, you can make the throw, but you don't have to should you make that throw that's going to be more of the development what we want to see and a great thing is that working with tanner morgan last year understanding how he breaks down film how he goes through the process how he builds his habits how he gets into the progression of things that is going to be massive for Ethan heading into year one as the true starter in a full capacity Overall, I don't think you should be concerned by the spring game. I know some people were like, well, the first four drives, they basically punted all those drives three and out. Like, what the heck? And then Cole Kramer looked amazing. So what was going on? Look, folks, now is the time for a young quarterback to take the shots, to assess the situation, to throw balls that maybe you won't get away with. So that way you understand what you can get away with when the actual go time happens, when it approaches. So the fact that Ethan was making, maybe he was playing more conservative in the spring game because he's like, okay, I need to play this like a real game. I'm going to treat this like, okay, if we were on the field, I'm not going to put the ball in a dangerous position here. I'm going to let my team, my defense get me back in the game. And then as we saw in the back half of that spring game, he started to come alive. He started to click. He started to find Elijah Spencer on his release and creating that distance. He started to get the ball to Darius Taylor and finding some holes. He ran it in for a touchdown. There are different ways to let yourself kind of feel the game out early and then attack in the second half. So we could see more of that as well in the second half. I actually enjoyed seeing him process and go through the struggles early but also coming back and putting his team back into the game in that spring game, which is essentially a glorified practice. So you shouldn't be uh, worried with that overall. I think it's going to be an exciting year. I can't wait 55 days. That's what we got left until we got Gopher football against Nebraska at home in the bank. I hope to see you there. This is Kane Rob signing off. I will see you uh, next week. We're going to do some hockey talk, like I said. Be sure to follow the podcast. Be sure to subscribe over on YouTube. Row the boat, Sky Yuma, go Gophers, and don't forget to subscribe.